Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural. Lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the Hello, hello, and welcome back. The Crypt of the Corn podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am Jay Clone 37. And today we are joined by a very famous, fun, amazing guest. Jay, introduce her, please. Well, we are joined, n- known as the Cryptid Huntress and host of Spaced Out Radio. She is a Bigfoot researcher, remote viewer, and paranormal investigator. Please welcome to the show. Jessica Jones. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. How are you doing? No, thank you for being on here. Anytime. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, Yeah, I actually, um, I remember I I was turned on to you guys. I knew who y'all were around the time that we were all going to be at that Frogman conference together. And uh, and I ended up not being able to get there. So, yeah, it's nice to finally meet y'all. Oh, yeah, well. We wish we could have met you there, but we will meet in person soonish. I'm sure at these conferences running around because I Absolutely. know next year we. I know we're going to Texas. I know we're going to North Carolina, Florida. Yeah, so we'll be down in Georgia. I mean, we'll be all around. Yeah, y'all come to Georgia. Shout out to Georgia, man. That's where I'm from. So yeah. y'all come see me. So we have oh, a yeah. lot of Georgia listeners. So here you guys go. This is going to be a special episode for you. Uh, specifically, I'm Austin, Ricky. Uh, Preston. Oh, you shouldn't name names. Now you're, you're going to leave people out. I know I'm going to leave people out. There's hundreds of them. There's thousands of them. Thousands. I don't know. We have thousands <laughs> of listeners. Could How be. many of them are in Georgia? All of them. All of them. All of them are in Georgia and Australia. <laughs> yeah. You know, we actually broadcast um, one of the radio stations that we broadcast from uh, Space Out Radio is in Georgia, and that's down in Noonan. It's all on the West 
side of the state uh where I, I live on the west side of the state and uh yeah a lot of bigfoots up here all in northwest georgia uh bigfoot dogman all that stuff we have cryptids all over the place oh yeah oh yeah it's definitely a place we need to be at some point yeah is there a georgia bigfoot conference i feel like there is right Oh, yeah. I speak at it every year. I've spoken at it the past two years, actually. Oh, so, yeah, oh, we okay. have one up. It's usually in Clayton, Georgia. Yeah, it's up in the northeast corner of Georgia, and uh, it's a good time. Uh, that's actually one of our places where we like to go uh, bigfooting. Really? Uh, is in that area. Hmm. Which we'll talk about here in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but a lot of bigfoots. We'll have to hook up with you about that. Maybe we'll be down there. Yeah. Because we love going to conferences. It's just... okay. I'm a little bit of an alcoholic, and I use these conferences and excuses to drink. Are you serious? Like, there's always... He's not joking. I'm not joking. Uh, because oh people bring us... Listeners bring us moonshine bottles. And listeners, keep bringing me jars of moonshine. I will drink them. I've as, seen it. As it's happened, the one conference we were at, we had like six jars get brought to us, and I don't think we took any home. No, we did not. Oh my gosh! I, you know what? I don't mind some good moonshine every now and then. The oh. apple pie. Oh man, I'm just. I mean, I'm just saying. If anybody has some uh, that wants to see me at a conference, y'all bring it. There you go. <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll go. We'll go camping and drink it. Yeah. There we go. That's the best stuff. Because literally, uh, who? Yeah. Where was that one? That was North Carolina where we had all the moonshine. We were drinking with like Ron Moorhead, Scott Nelson. Oh yeah, that's right. Rick Rallis. Like we were drinking with all these people. <laughs> it was fun. No ball. way. Oh yeah, yeah, it was fun. No, there's pictures. There's all kinds of pictures on the internet of us drinking with everybody. Oh god! Jay got so drunk oh. at a conference. Let's not. Let's not bring up the pictures. <laughs> let's just leave this out of it. With Cliff Brockman. Cliff Brockman grabbed Jay when he was like passed out, drunk, and took pictures with him. I wouldn't pass out. Oh my out. gosh! You don't remember? No it. way! I was blackout. I was blacked out, but passed out far from mm. it. Are y'all being serious? Yes. That is too crazy. Party. You know, I actually, I have some friends that have a, a, another podcast who uh, we just went and did some investigating up in Tennessee at a. A property that has a bunch of cryptids on it and uh they told me about their first time out bigfooting and uh and they were i think they were in tennessee okay i think they're from they're from tennessee and i think they went out with some, some people from a particular bigfoot group i'm not gonna name names uh but their guides had been drinking moonshine all night and uh they were not in the condition to be taking people out in the woods bigfooting hmm. okay and uh, they have a funny story about that so i'm not i'm not gonna tell their story because they like to tell i can't it, wait but, uh, we'll have to listen yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to i'll send them your way so they can tell their story perfect because i can yeah. just imagine oh you guys hear that sounds like right down our alley for sure something we would do oh, yeah. i'd be like that's not bigfoot i'd be hammered and i'd be like that's not bigfoot yeah that's a that's a mountain lion. As your face is actively <laughs> being mauled. <laughs> oh, so that's not why we brought you on here to talk about alcoholism. We brought you on here to tell you all your awesome encounters and stories and your research. You've had a pretty intense, amazing journey. And we just have. love you to walk us through it. And we'll ask questions and we'll have fun. Okay, cool. I'm all down to have fun. Um, yeah, so I, I started doing Bigfooting back in 2011. And, uh, and it kind of just came across my path. I wasn't looking to be a Bigfoot researcher at all. Uh, but, you know, I'd always been attuned to the paranormal. And uh, ever since I was a kid, I used to go look for UFOs outside at night. I grew up on a farm. A big, beautiful, bright sky. Uh, I could see all the stars at night and stuff. So I would go out there looking for UFOs. And uh, I always felt like something was looking in my windows, you know, like my, my mom didn't put. She had lace curtains. And I grew up in a log house 
on a farm. And, uh, and so I, I just always had a creep factor going on, I guess, uh, feeling like I was being watched. I was, I'd see ghosts occasionally. And, um, and that went on into my teens and started seeing more ghosts and uh, just always was very inquisitive about anything supernatural and paranormal. And uh, as I became a young woman, um, you know, I think like my, my psychic abilities were kind of switched on a little bit more as I got older and stuff. And my, my interest in the paranormal and things like that got a little bigger and, you know, everybody wants to start off and you do like ghost hunting. Right. And uh, so I was like getting ghost hunting stuff. And um, I had a lot of friends and family that had passed away. And I, was, and I guess like that kind of pushed me into like wanting to do ghost hunting and stuff or just communicating with ghosts <laughs> and um, it sparked my interest. And uh, my mother was, uh, she encouraged me <clears throat> to go with her to this meeting one night where these guys were Bigfoot field researchers out of North Georgia. And she was like, you really are going to want to go with me because I think this is right up your alley. And so I went <clears throat> and the guys were talking about all of their research. They were showing pictures. I mean, these I could tell these guys really believed that they had seen and experienced Bigfoot and they had the evidence and they were showing it. And I was just intrigued by that. And, and I went, I, of course, I raised my hand. I was asking the silly, I, they're not silly questions, but to me, I felt like I was being silly asking like, well, why have y'all not found a body? Like, where's all that poop at? <laughs> they leave, yeah. You know, and stuff because I, because I'm a country girl. I felt like maybe I would have come across them at some point, you know, if there were Bigfoots around. Um, uh, so they, but they were like, they saw my interest in it and they said, well, hey, after the thing was over, I went and asked them more questions and they said, Hey, why don't you come on an expedition with us? We're having like a big expedition where we're inviting like outside people in, in about a month, we'll put you on the list. You come with us and you can see for yourself. And so I was like, well, heck yeah, <laughs> I did. And, um, and so I ended up getting all the gear, you know, they sent me a, a list of things that I could potentially need in the field and like a tent and hiking boots and a flashlight, you know, or a headlamp, just that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I've got my butt together and I went to the North Georgia mountains and, uh, and I was just going to spend a weekend with a bunch of strange men basically <laughs> and, uh, go looking for Bigfoot. I did not know what to expect at all. And, uh, I made some of the best friends that I've ever had that weekend. And, uh, not only that, I became a member of their team by the end of that weekend. Oh, um, nice. The, the experience, I, I wasn't expecting any of this, but you know, I don't think anything happens um, on accident, like out of the blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or on accident. It was all meant to be because right. I'm here today talking to y'all because I, I followed my gut instinct and I went with a bunch of strange men in the woods. Okay. <laughs> to look for a big hairy primate, I thought. Right. Um, but I wasn't sure. I always figured like Bigfoot has like supernatural abilities. Like why do they just disappear? Nobody sees them. Uh, how are they so elusive if they're so big? Um, so, yeah. I mean, I can get into that first trip if y'all want to hear it. Because yes, yeah, it, was, it was pretty eventful. Jay has no idea about any of this. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, good. Good, so, perfect. We're well, very excited. Well, You're going to love it. Okay. This. All right. So, I actually, okay, so I got there and I was like so happy to be out in the woods and like camping. I, I met like just the most warm, nice, genuine people ever when I got there. And, uh, and a lot of these guys were not, they're not just like your everyday, just like normal folks. These are like, um, the, uh, let's just say military, former and current, mm. uh, former, current 
you know, a lot of them are veterans and stuff. Uh, let's see, law enforcement, firemen. Uh, there were, I think there were a couple women there. There were, yeah, there were a couple women there that time. And uh, I think three of them, actually. It was a pretty big group. There's about 15 of us, I think. Okay. Um, but uh, but these are like search and rescue people, like special forces kind of people, you know. And uh, I was very impressed <laughs> with the group. And uh, oh, and also like healers and people that are into like the metaphysical and stuff like that, you know. Like it was a, it was a really interesting group of people. Um, and so yeah, I told him right away. I was like, okay, I came here to see if Bigfoot's real. Put me in the most crazy predicament and let me be bait or whatever. Okay. And they were joking around about, around about me being bait. And I was like, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it. Y'all just take me wherever. And, uh, because I wanted to have an experience. Um, I'm the kind of person that likes to experience everything for myself. I don't like here. I mean, I love hearing other people's stories, but I don't, I, I want that experience right. for myself. Um, just so I can know for a positive and, and just feel it, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just that kind of person. Mm -hmm. So, um, so they were like, okay, cool. So we, we grouped up and then we divided up into smaller groups and uh, went out for that night. The first night I was there and I went with a group of like four or five guys up to, uh, we drove, I mean, this is way deep in the mountains of North Georgia. Okay. And, uh, and I, I broke off with a couple of the guys, two of the original members of that team. And then like two, I think it was like two guys that were from out of state. Okay. And, uh, and so we went up to this one place where they have an open field and, uh, it's now called the UFO field, just yeah. so you know. Okay. But it wasn't then it was just like field one or something like that. And, uh, and so I went with them and they had, I think they had had some activity there the night before. Cause these guys had been there for some of them for like a good week or so. Uh, cause when, when they go out and do research, they, they spend a lot of time at these places. Okay. And, uh, so I was like, all right. They said, Jessica, why don't you, I, when I said, I dare you to walk up that hill. And it was like a hundred yards almost from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill where the tree line started. And, uh, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was, I literally, I mean, I was scared, but I was so excited at the same time. And I was not going to be a baby. Like I put on my big girl pants and I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, and so I grabbed my backpack and I knew that they were going to be standing down at the bottom of that hill, watching me with their FLIRs and their thermal imaging cameras and all that. So like they would see if something happened to me. Right. So I wasn't, as long as I had eyes on me, I was not scared. I wasn't as scared. Right. And, uh, so I'm not going to say I wasn't, I was nervous. I think more than anything, not knowing, uh, if there's wildcats out there, bears. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd never been out there before. And I honestly didn't know those guys that well. I just met right. them. <laughs> you know? Um, so I took off walking and I, I was just, you know, listening and like watching and just kind of wondering like, okay, is there, am I walking up to a Bigfoot right now? Like, what the heck am I doing? This is crazy. Uh, but I started walking and I got about halfway up the hill and um, I heard one of the guys running behind me, like trucking it. And I braced myself kind of for impact because I was like, man, that's weird because that's not professional of these guys right. to do this, to try to scare me. Uh, the first time I'm out here, like what kind of, I was like, this is not a funny joke, you know, like that kind of a feeling. And, uh, and I, and I heard something like a person running 
And as they got right up towards me, like I could feel the energy, like I literally felt like a person and the backs of both of my legs got swept and then they ran right past me. And I could feel like I could feel the air, like I could feel the energy, like I it was a hundred percent like a person running right past me. But they didn't hurt me. It was almost kind of like a funny, like "oh, I got you" kind of thing. Um, and I looked, and there was nobody there. Mm. There was nobody there. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, and I looked around, and I was trying to figure out, like, did I trip over a log? Like, did a stick hit the back of my legs? Like, what just happened? Uh, because my rational brain is trying to make sense of what just happened there's no man running past me, you know? Um, and so, and when, when that happened, I kind of lost my balance a little bit because I I jumped and, uh, as my legs were getting hit and my arms kind of flung up in the air and that, that was actually like the distress call. It was like, if I put my arms way up in the air and like waved them, they, they would come and rescue me if that happened. Well, I did kind of like a half, halfway kind of like my hands went up, not because I meant to, you know, uh, when that happened and, I didn't realize that like my arms had kind of flung up a little bit because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and, uh, and so I just, I just sat there for a minute and I was like, man, that was really weird. I'm just going to keep walking. And, uh, and so I kept walking up to the tree line and I got about three quarters of the way up there. And one of the guys did walk up behind me and say, Hey, and I said, Oh my God, are you a human? <laughs> Who is that? Is this a human? Cause he, I, it was pitch dark outside. I could, I didn't have any kind of thermal imaging camera. I didn't have anything but my naked eyes. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't see where I was going or what I was doing. I just knew that I was headed towards that tree line. Right. So, uh, but he walked up and he was like, Hey, I just wanted to check on you. Are you, what, what did something happen? I goes, yeah. I was like, did y'all not see anything like run past me? And he said, no, we didn't see anything. We just saw you kind of jump like you were startled, you know? And, um, I told him what happened and he, he walked back with me and, um, we checked out the exact spot where that was. And he did a check too, to make sure there was nothing there that could have hit my legs and there was nothing there. Um, so we went back up to the tree line and as I'm standing there at the tree line, something made me go over to the right side, right? I just felt like a pull to go stand there. And I was facing the tree line and one of the guys down at the bottom of the hill was watching me and he said that a Bigfoot leaned its head out from behind a tree and stared at me mm. while I was standing there. Mm. Um, so, they, so, yeah. They seen that on like uh, thermal image? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was, well, I think he had his FLIR. Yeah. It was either, I don't know, it was FLIR. Yeah. That's but, uh, but yeah, there was a, the, he said that, and so, of course, like I didn't see it. I didn't even know it was there, but something pulled me over to that side, right? Uh, to go stand there. So we went back to camp that night and uh, we were like, man, that was cool. I don't know what that was, but I didn't know that people said that Bigfoots could cloak potentially. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I, I wasn't familiar with that um, at the time, but looking back on it, I can't say definitively that's what that was, but it's a possibility that that's what that was that night. So, I, so I, we told you off air uh, that we had a guy come on the show, his name's Sean, to where they were in a forest in Cincinnati, Ohio. They were like on a walking trail. And this, they'd never seen anything the whole time. But they felt this thing like fall out of a tree right in front of them, run at them. They felt it running. And he's like, it was heavy like a cow. Like how when you feel a cow run yeah. past you, you can feel like them moving in the ground. And it ran in between him and the lady he was with, went off an edge and then jumped into another tree. And you could see it affect the tree it hit. 
and then it slid down that tree. So wow. the whole time, but physically nothing there besides it reacting or the environment reacting around it. So he wow. never, he wasn't sure if it was Bigfoot or something else, but he just, it was massive, whatever it was. He's like, you felt it the whole time running. So that yeah. was, that's, that's incredible. Hmm. Oh, I got goosebumps while you were telling me that. I, uh, it, I, it resonates. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd ever go back in the woods after something invisible had messed with me like that. It's, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. Oh, yeah, coming from someone that's It's exciting. It's exciting. It's, that's kind of crazy that it didn't catch nothing on thermal, too, like through that whole mm-hmm. thing. So I wonder if it, it almost makes me think if it wasn't actually there, but if it sent like a projection of itself past you or something. I don't know. You know, any, anything is possible. You're right. Anything. Yeah, exactly. Which it could have been anything. <laughs> we have a button that yeah. says that. Who knows? Anything could be possible. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, the more that I'm out in the field, I mean, like I said, I've been doing this since basically that night. That was the first time I ever went bigfooting. Um, And and it got weirder the next night, y'all. We had even more weird stuff happen the next night Uh, because we went back to that field. And we actually, uh, one of the guys, the one that actually saw the Bigfoot peek its head around the tree, he and I went on like a black ops mission the next night at that same spot. And we hid ourselves in the woods camouflaged okay we thought we thought we were camouflaged i think bigfoots don't care you could wear bright right. pink out there they're, yeah. they're they gonna know, know you're, you're there. out there they no know matter you're what. there they know they know you're there um but we were all camoed out one of us might have had on a ghillie suit i don't know and uh <laughs> and uh we, we sat out there all day pretty much from like three in the afternoon i think we left around midnight or one or something in the morning and uh but we had been we were kind of the plan was to like blend into that environment Okay. And, uh, and go right there beside where that Bigfoot had peeked his head around the, the tree and uh, <clears throat> sit there because there were some uh, game trails. There were like trails where something big had been walking back and forth, you know, through the tree line. And um, we figured, well, maybe that's, maybe that's where Bigfoot's been coming in to, to this field. You know, uh, let's just kind of, let's post up right there near the track, near the trail. And, um, blend into the environment and around nine ten o'clock sometime that that night we didn't know exactly when the whole team was going to come out and bring their camping chairs and come sit in the middle of that open field and just act like regular crazy humans just sitting in a field right in the middle of the night it was weird but it was fun i mean the concept i know it sounds weird to people but to researchers we pretty much will do whatever mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah know? exactly is research okay <laughs> um so they were going to come out and sit or, sit their camping chairs out and just talk and laugh and maybe play a drum or something a didgeridoo or something i don't know <laughs> and uh and and so my partner and i were going to be posted up there hiding in the tree line and we were in hopes that a Bigfoot would walk past us to go check them out. And we'd be able to see the Bigfoot. Um, and like I said, y'all, I was wanting a Bigfoot experience. So I was totally cool with it. Um, now, we got out there early and he and I set up camp. We sat there on our on our butts for hours. And, uh, and it was, we were just talking. I mean, I, I took some of my ghost hunting equipment with me, like my EVP recorders and my K2 meter. Um, but we really didn't want to have lights on because we didn't want to bring any ad- attention to ourselves. So I kind of just pulled out my EVP recording device and uh, and I put it on my knee and uh, we were sitting there noticing that like our equipment was malfunctioning pretty early. Mm. And uh, 
the time on mine and his, like his, his was going forward an hour and mine was going backwards an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was just hmm. weird. And we had checked all this before we left camp that day, the base camp. So we started noticing that, you know, and we thought, well, that's just kind of weird, but you know, oh, well, you know, batteries were already draining and all that kind of stuff uh, as we were sitting there. They were draining prematurely, let's just say. And, uh, and so it got to be like dusk, I guess. What is it dusk at nighttime, right? right. Yeah, dusk. And, uh, and so it started to get kind of dark and we were noticing some strange things in the environment. And we were seeing stars that were moving in triangular patterns above our heads. Mm. And then we had this um, big, bright, I guess it was an orb, but we thought it was like headlights or something on the side of the mountain beside us. Um, our rational minds were saying it was a truck, but then we were sitting there thinking, well, uh, there's no, there's no road right there. Right. There's nowhere to drive. Uh, and this light was just one light and it was moving in a horizontal line back and forth across the side of that mountain. Hmm. And it was, it was bright and big. So then we were like, well, maybe it's a hiker carrying a lantern. But then we're like, no, there's no trail that's straight across like that over there. And, um, and so, you know, things were just kind of odd and, um, yeah. So, oh, and so then the, the, we kind of, you know, you, you have these experiences and you don't make a big deal about it. You just write it down or you just put it in the back of your head and remember it. Okay. Um, so the group came out, they were doing their thing, being loud and, uh, no Bigfoot showed up by the way. We didn't have any Bigfoot activity that night, but the group thought that we were sitting like 10 feet from where we actually were because these red lights were shining in the tree line right beside mm. us. And he and I didn't see them, but it was very mechanical. Something like mechanical that he and I didn't see, but everybody else was seeing it like two red dots, like red lights. And it wasn't like eyes. We don't think it was it's almost like machinery or something, mm. something electric or um, it, it was something, some kind of technology or something. Uh, was right beside us. Okay. And, um, so like I said, there was no Bigfoot activity that we knew of that night. We go back to base camp. Everybody kept telling me I was acting weird. <laughs> They're like, you're acting strange. I was like, well, I've been sitting on my butt all day and uh, I'm, I'm hungry and I'm tired. So, um, but you know, we didn't think much about it. Well, I had that EVP recorder. Okay. And I had been recording the entire night, pretty much at least most of it. And uh, I was scared to listen to it for some reason. Like I was not prepared to listen to that recording by myself. I know that sounds weird, right? But something told me not to listen to it by myself. And so the next week, the head of that team came over to meet me and we listened to that recording together. And uh, let me tell y'all, it was so weird. Around the time we saw that light show up on the side of that mountain, it sounded like bottle rockets were shooting off all around us. Mm. Like, pew, 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 like all around us. Mm. And, uh, and it was loud too. Like literally like somebody was setting off fireworks around us and he and I never heard that. With never our heard own ears. No, we didn't. So it was, it was wild. Um, that was kind of pretty much the only thing that was anomalous that was on that recording was that, um, but you can tell there were, you can tell there's something weird. It's almost like at some point I, I remember feeling like I was going to fall asleep, but I don't remember falling asleep. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, the head of my team was like, all right, all right, everybody, I need everyone to start studying alien abductions. <laughs> and I was like, what? I just wanted to come do Bigfooting. <laughs> like now you're telling me I might've been abducted by aliens. Uh, it was, it was kind of disturbing to be honest with you. Um, I wasn't shocked and they were, they were, the joke was like, well, me and him may have hybrid alien babies now or something, you know, I don't know. Um, it was, it was a joke, but it's, it's really not that funny when you're, when it's you, when when you're out there. there, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting experience. And, uh, like I said, it, this, the high strangeness has never stopped. Like I'm Mm -hmm. every time just about my team goes out in the field, we have some crazy experiences out there. And, uh, and we, we get out there pretty often, but, um, yeah. Oh, and so from that experience, the head of my team also, he was trained extensively in remote viewing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for people that are not familiar with remote viewing, that's, uh, something that militaries utilize or ha- they have, I don't know if they still claim to do it or not, but they, um, utilize it across, you know, for psychic spying right. basically. Okay. And, um, he taught our whole team remote viewing at that point and said it, he, we had the option of learning, of course, but um, he's, he was like, you know, it might be a good idea for us to work on our psychic skills if we're dealing with more than just Bigfoot out there. Right. Um, because from their research they had done previously, they had a, a feeling that Bigfoots were telepathic. Okay. And there were, there was an ET UFO connection. Right. And portals and all that stuff. Like, and these guys have been researching for, you know, 30 plus years, all of them. Okay. So, um, so, but when they, you know, it's almost like you get the right group of people out with you and people that are highly psychic and switched on, it gets weird. Okay. It gets more weird than normal. I think. I can only imagine. Opinion. Well, yeah, it's like all, yeah. all the areas around the planet. That's what, you know, all with high phenomena. And it's, I don't know if it's like the more openness or even the phenomena itself gets excited that somebody can understand it all, like can hear all the transmissions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, we, t- you know, you went to Basin is one, but even areas like the Bridgewater Triangle and the Bermuda Triangle and stuff like that, they seem to, with people that are more in tune to it, the phenomena gets really excited and really wants yeah. to show off. Yeah. Well, cause you're like a beacon of light out there. Yeah. And, uh, when you're, you, you, we literally have a light, like our bodies emit light and, uh, the higher consciousness, I think, I mean, this is my opinion. I'm not sure positively, but I, you know, I, I believe that as your consciousness expands and you're open to more of the, this kind of stuff, it, it is, you're like a, a lighthouse. Okay. You're mm-hmm. like, you're a beacon of light and everything. I mean, it, it even ghosts and things like that. And now <clears throat> I, I don't like, um, doing like the contact, I try not to do like ghost hunting and things like that anymore because it does attract lower vibrational entities and things. Right. And so, um, you know, we're out here studying Bigfoot and ETs and portals and stuff. So, but, but the ghosts are involved as well. I mean, it's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. Totally connected. We, yeah, we fully agree with that, that I think that's probably, we just talked about this on a show last night that the, the, that's probably the biggest problem with the UFO community and the Bigfoot community is that they'll ignore, like, if people have a Bigfoot encounter and there's a UFO scene before or after, but they're Bigfoot people, they'll ignore the UFO side of it. But it's vice versa, too. UFO people, and this is generalizations, will 
see a UFO and have cryptid activity before or after it and ignore that side of it because they're all about the, the UFOs. Yeah. And it's and the mm-hmm. same with poltergeist. Like we did nine hours on the Mothman uh, phenomena that happened. And we literally, last night as recording this, we just had the one of the Mothman eyewitnesses on the show. Uh, one Whoa, of the, the last cool. living ones. Uh, she's amazing. Her name's Linda. She's awesome. Yeah, she's pretty cool. But there, the Mothman was not the only thing happening. Like, poltergeist activity was up 3,000%. UFOs were seen daily. Men in black, all three types, everything from lizards that look like they're in human skin to weird little guys, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's all it's all connected. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. No, you're you're 100% right. And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys on my team, they started off, you know, in BFRO and things mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, and they, it was fun for them. They love, they love being a part of that, but, um, they were, they were actually, a lot of them were just kind of wanting not, they didn't want to just go out and like tape reports from other people. They wanted to go study Bigfoot. Right. And, uh, and they wanted to include everything that was happening. You know, these are, these are military guys and mm-hmm. police officers and stuff like they, when, when something happens, you don't discount any part of that experience, mm-hmm. you know, and, and leave it out of the report. Um, and so. I think that's how a couple of teams that I'm on, right? I'm on three different teams, actually, research oh, teams cool. out in the field. And uh, and I think that that's kind of how some of those teams formed is because they started off in groups like that. And then they were like, well, let's, we want to do our own thing. You right. know, we, we want to include all this because it's all happening at the same time. And, uh, and people, I think they call it the woo, okay? Right. I didn't even know what woo was. I, I didn't know I was woo, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but, uh that's just been my experience my entire life um with with all this stuff i'm 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 woo i admit it um yeah it's like supposed to be derogatory or something i I actually embrace it yeah Yeah, right like i was a biologist before we did before we started doing this stuff so we always like to say what what there's no such thing as a bigfoot expert no we're we're (laughs) scientific and magical thinking combined right yes no because it's the woo is just the, the science and the paranormal are the same thing. It's just we don't understand the paranormal side yet, but it has it has rules. It just the rules are bigger than our scope of understanding right now. Yeah, what it's, we're taught. It's the all the same are. stuff. It's just it, you know talking about combustion engines were magic three hundred years ago. Right. If exactly. you were to take a combustion engine back there now. Right. But now it's like simple. Like people make them as toys. Sorry, not to cut you off again. I'm just all kinds of thoughts. <laughs> No, I mean, we, we actually have a wildlife biologist on my team. We have awesome. a nuclear scientist on my team. Oh, nice. Uh, we have computer geniuses and all sorts of stuff. Um, you name it. We, we've got them. We've got like an, the A team out there. If you need any podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> we'll join what them, was right? that? I said, if you need any podcasters on your team. Yeah, I, I know, right? I ain't going out there with her. She has too much stuff happen. I'm good. Oh, y'all, y'all would have fun. It is, the, we, we go out and have so much fun. I'll do the field work. You just report it. Yeah, I'd be drunk and abducted. <laughs> like, we don't even got well, to tag this one. You, you'd be a good decoy. You could stay back at base camp and just drink and hang out with yeah. our... Because we, we have a, a comms person. Somebody... We always have two people that stay back at base camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that works the radios, because we all carry uh, portable CB radios. Right. And, uh, and, and they stay back and, and ch- everybody checks in with them all night. And then they have somebody to stay with him. Cause we have more activity sometimes at base camp than we do out in the field. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. now we, we, I can't remember who it was, but we had somebody on a long time ago from Michigan telling about their Bigfoot research and what they would do out there. Sometimes 
So that's what they would do is they would always kind of build a campfire and have a bunch of the people like being normal humans, just being out there normal hanging humans. around the fire, you know, because that's that's Sasquatch assumed like to watch, just you know, we're entertainment. But then they would put a TV way out past them. They'd bring a little portable generator and like cartoons and put, you know, run an extension cord as far as they could behind them into the forest and let them put like watch cartoons all night. And they'd have Bigfoot tracks in front of the TV and have all of this stuff. And then uh, they also would do like, uh, sometimes they'd run a camera that the Bigfoot could watch the people. That wow. it was really weird. Like, and they'd get some, I mean, that was all secondary evidence. You know, they weren't seeing a lot of Bigfoot, but they were having all this stuff, like tracks and stuff like that. Hmm. But it's, I mean, I would watch us. We're entertaining. Right, yeah. <laughs> Bunch of hairless, drunk monkeys out there screaming. Oh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we are. Salt Fork Bigfoot Conference. That's exactly what happened, oh, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I really would like to hear, if you're okay with it, the portal story. Okay. So the portal story, that's with one of my other team. Like, I mean, the, I'm going to hop over to a different team now. Okay. Sure. Yep. Okay. And, uh, and like, like my teams, we research all over the South and we've got one team. We go out and we have one place. I mean, we, we cover a lot of areas, but there's this one that we spend a lot of time at and we call that the meadow. Okay. And, uh, the head of my team wrote a book about our research. It's called the meadow project and it's, explorations into the south skinwalker ranch oh okay. and uh yes so this is an undisclosed location down here in the south and uh he has um yeah i don't know do you want me to just talk about the portal part or do you should i just talk about all of it because we have so much stuff that happens out there it's your um, show you do what you're gonna Bigfoot, do where I'm, I'm lots of ufos do it things We're like listening. that yeah it's we have all sorts of stuff going on out there and, uh, and so it's this place where we, you have to hike into it. Okay. And it's, uh, in the mountains, deeply wooded and, uh, you hike in and when you get out there, there's this, this bright open meadow out there and, uh, and it's, you know, several acres of land and I don't know, I guess we were just having a lot of activity out there. Uh, so much activity from, I mean, ghost activity to ETs to light beings. I mean, everybody's got flares and thermals and stuff like that. And so um, we'll be sitting out there hanging out. Uh, people will disperse into small teams and we'll kind of post up around the meadow and uh, you'll be looking through it and there'll be like light beings walking through the woods. Mm, wow. you know? And uh, one of the guys on our team at one point, he actually was, he, the guys were watching him through their thermal and, Bob grumpy, he turned into like an orb and shot across the field and stuff. Like, it's just weird stuff. Um, yeah. And the GPS, like all of our equipment malfunctions all the time and stuff. Wow. Okay. So we're, we're out there one night. Okay. I, I had actually left this afternoon. So I was not even there when the portal opened, I was having my own experience at my house. Apparently I brought home hitchhikers oh. from the meadow that day. Um, I had a small child, at the time, he was like three, maybe. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, I think it was about three. And he was like on the elliptical machine when I got home. And uh, his dad was filming him uh, looking cute and everything. And all of a sudden, these two orbs showed up and started floating around my son. And uh, and this was the, the night that I got back from the meadow oh, while my wow. team was still out there. And these orbs are floating around my son. And I got called in there to look. 
and I saw them and I, I was so confused. I was like, oh, are those moths? You know, no, they were balls of light. My son kept saying, mom, ball, ball. And he was following them with his finger and his eyes and you could see him. And, uh, and I could see them too, but his dad could not see these orbs at all unless he looked on his phone, the screen on his phone that was recording. Oh, wow. Right? So it was really odd. And when I realized what they were, I was like, those are orbs. Uh, one of them shot towards the camera and you can see it in the video. It sh shoots at the camera and then it shuts the power off. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That might be. So I thought that that was a cool experiment kind of, you know. That might be the first uh, account where we've heard, or at least that I've heard of where you, you are actively eyewitnessing it and someone right next to you cannot but however they are witnessing it through their phone like through a camera yep that might be the first account of that i know so of. interesting thing and then you being more sensitive may lend to this too but uh human children can hear and see wider frequencies and light ranges than adults can it just it's just a, a biological fact that you know as we get older we get we lose those abilities and stuff like that everybody knows the the hearing test that you know I can't. I can hear this high pitch sound. I can't kind of right. deal, but it actually works with light waves too. And you know, we can see like an adult human can see like less, right around five to six percent of the visible light spectrum. So it's yeah. nothing. Uh, but I do think there's something to be said with people being more open to the phenomena, being able to see more, like whether you're actually seeing it, seeing it, or it's. I don't know how to put that. Being projected to you? Yeah, making itself visible just to you specifically. That's interesting. Yeah. Sorry, continue. It, well, you know, the way I look at it is it's a vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. And uh, and my son and I were on that vibrational frequency to be able to see it, and his dad was not. Mm. I'm not saying he's low vibe, but maybe. I don't know. <laughs> just different vibe. So, <laughs> Other vibe. Right. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, it's, I think it's a vibrational frequency thing. It's like yeah. when you get on a certain vibration, uh, you're more open to stuff. Right. Um, and so that's why it's so important to protect yourself spiritually. And um, 100%. when you go out into the field, uh, just do some like white light protection, you know, so nothing clings onto you. I obviously forgot to or something. <laughs> I had, I brought those things home, but yeah, I never saw them the again. Down. When, I would be burning the house down. When you say vibrational frequency and stuff like that, I mean, I kind of have an understanding of what it means, but for like people that are listening at home that just don't quite understand it, what if, in your terms, maybe you would be able to explain it a little bit better than like what we yeah. could. What do you mean well, by I, that? When I say that, I mean like an expanded consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I mean like when I say high vibe, like think about high vibe tribe, like everybody's happy and, you know, doing high fives and things like that. You mm -hmm. know, we're on, a, we're living on that frequency of love, okay, yeah. and happiness and doing things that we love to do and not living in fear. Like right. fear would be low vibe. Love is high vibe. Right. Okay. And, uh, and so it's like with society today you notice that like the media is pumping fear into us 24 7. Like, mm -hmm. it's the apocalypse the end of the world's coming and food shortages and no toilet paper yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly like so it that that's like low vibe it, it's done on purpose to keep us in a lower vibration mm -hmm. okay when you are when you drop the ego as much as you can and uh and you deal with all the traumas that you've had in your life we call that shadow work over here mm -hmm. and uh and you start living a, a happy life okay and and choosing to be happy and um giving you know exuding love and things like that that's uh that's that's high vibe uh it, it your vibrational frequency as a human you're resonating putting out high energy 
Okay. Not low energy. And, uh, and when you're able to do that, it affects everybody around you. You're yes. like a tuning fork. And, uh, and so, and it, how many times have y'all been around somebody that's just mad and rude and peed off, like just mad and, and, and they're just projecting at you. It brings your energy down. It taints everything. It brings the whole, the, they suck the energy out of the room. Mm -hmm you know, uh, and that, and those, that's like energy vampires, you know, cause they're, they're wanting all your good energy. So mm -hmm. they're just bringing you down, taking your good energy. Um, so that's, that's what I mean by, by vibrational you frequency. Definitely explained it better than I definitely could have. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, that's out of my wheelhouse, but I agree that that, when that happens, I mean, like you just put, that's a perfect example of like a party pooper, you know, it's an old yeah. adage because it's real. Yeah, it definitely is real. I mean, you can see it when you're around somebody that's really in a negative state point in, in their life or something. I don't know. But everything, when they refer to somebody, it's always in a negative tone or refer to something as a negative tone. You know, they're criticizing or uh, pointing out the flaws and everything when that's just not enjoyable to even be around. 100%. It's killer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But yeah, so with you're welcome. Where are we at? I think with, I I think I explained it okay. I, oh yeah, you did better you did than we could. So when when you're out like oh we were talking about the orbs in the house. Yeah, orbs the orbs the around. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's go back to that. Okay. Well, that, that that was pretty much the story about that because I was uh, while that was happening, my team was experiencing a, an actual what we consider to be a portal opening up in the meadow. Okay. Um, and so it's just really, it's really odd that I was having activity at the exact same time they were having activity out there. Um, and so they, they had hiked into the meadow that evening and everybody uh, was broken off into teams or like four different teams of like three people, I think out there. And there was one team that was sitting at the beginning, like when you first walk into the meadow and they, they, uh, one of the guys was looking through, his name's David. Dave, Dave was looking through his, um, his fleer and started noticing that there was something odd like forming or something had formed and it was like dissipating and it was this huge it was a cube shape but it was like a square hmm. at first and so he noticed it, it was just really really odd and he thought he was seeing things so he handed his um imager over his camera over to terry our buddy that was sitting beside him and he said do you see something odd right out there and he was like, oh my gosh, there's like a big square. And it was um, about the size of like, a, I always say it's like the size of a shed or something, like right. a little house behind your house, you okay. know, a storage house. Yeah. And uh, it was it was about that big. And uh, and it looked like it had, it almost looked like it had X's or windows or something on the front of it. And some, it was just, like I said, it was just odd. 
Um, and you could just see it from a heat signature. Okay, it was it was different. Uh, it wasn't solid or anything. It was just a heat signature. And then, so they radioed over a team across the meadow to go check it out. They said, y'all need to go check this thing out. Uh, come this way, walk this way. And they were guiding them over to it. Kristen, one of the other ladies on my team, she grabbed her camera, her imaging, thermal imager, and started recording. As the there were three guys that walked over to it, you can see, see their heat signatures approaching this cube. Okay, but they can't see it with their naked eye. They could only be guided over to where they were told it was. And uh, one of the guys stayed back, and the other two uh, military veterans, by the way, uh, walked over to it, and they're, they're all trained in remote viewing. Okay, so we know energy shifts. Like, we recognize when the environment changes and stuff, you know. Um, super heightened senses and abilities these two guys had. They walked over to where they were guided, and as they got right up to that cube, they disappeared. Huh. Their heat, their heat signatures disappeared. Wow. Yes. So uh, the way they described it was... It was like walking through a black velvet curtain. The temperature changed, the stars disappeared, and the vegetation on the ground went to smooth from like grassy and muddy or whatever to smooth. And they both realized that something was a little off and they backtracked out and their heat signatures reappeared. Wow. On their cam yeah, on the video. We actually had a video of that. We have a video of it. Is that um, public? Do what? Is that video public? No. Okay. Just wanted to make it's sure. It's not public. Everybody had to kick no. my butt if I didn't ask. Right. <laughs> it's not public. No. Well, you know. I get it. It's uh, it's part of our, our research. Right. And, um, and and Trey did write a book. We, we actually had all signed NDAs where we weren't even talking about it publicly at all. Right. And, uh, and I would not have even talked about it publicly if Trey had not written that book. Okay. okay so and because uh, a lot of the research that my teams do, we don't talk about it mm -hmm. uh, very much because we've been doing it for so long and we got our spots we go to and stuff. Um, but Trey did write that book. And so I'm able to talk about that team's research. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So you said when they went in and I know this, you weren't there, but you know, people that you trust were telling you this, that mm -hmm. I just want to make sure it's like, so the gra the ground went flat. Would you, yes. Almost like smooth. a room. Yeah. Uh, like a it, floor? They didn't describe it as being a room. It was just the environment changed is the way they describe it. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, I don't, I don't, they didn't ever say it was like a room. They just said it was like walking through a black velvet curtain. It was like kind of the same environment, but just a little different. Just a little off. Yeah. Hmm. I can't tell you how many times that we think, like we've had people on, we've covered stories. Like at this point, we've done almost 300 episodes, you know, publicly and, and privately. So we've had a lot of people that I think what they experience is maybe the lesser version of that to where they get in these like bubbles is kind of what we refer to them as. Yeah. And they, they like, they say the air goes like, they almost feel like they're in a grayscale and yeah. the birds stop making noise. And it's all like, birds, or the it's bugs like, stop it's slight, yeah, it's like slightly different and they can't like even Sean. So we already talked about Sean's encounter once he even said that the air felt dead and it felt like they were in grayscale yeah. until after they walked out of the area and then everything came back. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know. There's it's amazing stuff. For the heat signature, do you remember if it was colder or hotter than the surrounding area? It was colder, I believe. Okay. Hmm. That's just always interesting to me because 
there's there, there's some videos that I think are credible that are out there that have colder spots. They almost look like yeah. you're saying. And have you ever seen? Because you describe it being like a shed shape, where it looks like it has these X's or whatever. Yeah, it was, you, it's just a square, like a cube. You ever seen the images of a fourth dimensional shape that some like some physicists have put out there, where it looks like a square yeah. inside a square? Yes. Yeah. It was similar to that. Okay. Yeah. That's it was just, actually, it was similar to that. That's interesting. That's what immediately when you described it, what I thought of, because it almost looks like it has windows inside a window. Like it's all these, Yeah. it's, it's interesting. Know, that that might've been what that was then uh, with the window. Cause that the way that they, and I've seen the video myself, I've, I've seen it several times. Um, it does, maybe that's what that was with those windows. Look, it had X's in it. Yeah. So maybe that's what that was. I don't know. And that's, um, that's interesting. It almost reminds you of what was it the wheel within a wheel like with the eyes on it that's oh, an angel right yeah but still same right, concept a, an, like a, it's a higher being or a higher thing yeah to where it's hard for humans so we talked about this with yeah. shadow people so like i had a shadow person encounter a long time ago but it was like you know it was blacker than black that kind of deal but oh yeah i've seen them i don't think that they're actually that color so what happens with the human mind and the human mind's great about this we do it's called the duck study but the human mind will just paint if it feels threatened, if it feels a presence, it'll paint an object so you can react. So it, cause it wants, it's like, I can't rationalize this. So if it's like a being from another dimension or whatever, and it can't really, you can't really fully detect it. Your mind will just paint it. So it can be like, here's, here's the thing, react, get away from it, you know, survive, you know? So like, uh, the duck study, I don't know. We've talked about it on the show several times. So if you're driving down the highway, and you look out the window and you see like a, the ponds next to the highway and they have all the ducks are mallard ducks and all the geese are Canadian geese. But if you actually stop and look, you realize there's all kinds of ducks out there. You know, there's sometimes yeah. 13 species, some have purple heads, some have, you know, vibrant colors. And it's like, no, a second ago when I looked, they were all brown with green heads. Every one of them was brown with green heads. Every one of them was a Canadian goose. And then you relook, and there's all these different colors. And, like, and then sometimes you don't even find a mallard. It's just like, it's just what your brain does. Your brain will lie to mm -hmm. you because it, just to make it easier. But I don't know. That's that these cubes and these portals. I don't know if that's what's happening too, that we're seeing something that we really, our, our brains can't fully understand. So they paint it or they ignore it. I don't yeah. know. It's very interesting stuff. Well, and I, I need to know, also that after they walked out of it but even though they didn't know they were walking out of anything uh when their signatures reappeared the box shrunk down and then it disappeared hmm. yeah so you know i i question where all these missing people are going out of the national parks and how they're going missing and uh could this be one of the ways they're going missing yeah maybe I think I think there's well, a lot of things happening. Yeah, imagine if they didn't come out, you know, and that portal shrunk, would they have still been there, or would they have been right? Is it gone like a Venus flytrap? Yeah, I mean, if if you've seen their heat signature just go, something's block. I don't know, something's blocking their heat signature from reaching that camera. You know, mm -hmm. it's something is happening, and that stuff just don't happen by accident. So, no, we discovered. Well, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was I was just going to also note that uh, we take a lot of like Geiger counter readings and yeah. things that measures radiation when we're out there. And a lot of times when we have something paranormal that happens, there's a spike of radiation, just tiny though, usually. Hmm. Um, I do 
want to say that both of them did get bad health conditions after that happened. Wow. And one of them is actually deceased now. Wow. Um, really? Mm-hmm. How long ago did this happen? It was about five years ago. This wow. was five years ago. It's how, been a while. If you can share, how old was the man yeah. that, dis, that is deceased? Uh, the one who passed away was 57, I think. He was young. Okay. Uh, after, and we're not, we do not blame that incident on their health problems, but they were both pretty healthy. Uh, right. Definitely the one who passed away was pretty, very healthy. Uh, but he, he got a, a heart condition and, uh, and passed away from that. And the other guy, he um, had an aggressive form of cancer that came in. So, um, and he's still battling that today. So, it's been, it was really odd. And and some of us do suspect, like, well, could that have been a factor? Maybe. I mean, we don't know for sure. Right. I mean, did they, have, did they have Geiger counters on them when they went in? I don't believe so. So it was just. I don't think so. The people in the area had Geiger counters and they noticed oh, a yeah. little up, uptick. Well, that's what, when we go out there, we always go do baseline readings before mm-hmm. we ever go out in the field. Like yeah. we'll go out that afternoon before we go out that night and take baseline readings. And somebody out there had a Geiger meter. I know they did. I'm, I'm positive they did take readings. Um, I've seen the data at some point. I just don't remember right. it. But yeah, there, was, there had to have been a radiation spike for sure. Because I'd be interested to know. So I used to do, I can't fully talk about it. You talked about NDAs. I've signed quite a few in my life. Uh, but we used to do some radiation surveys on the Ohio River. That was part of my job. And so we worked Whoa. extensively with geiger counter so i would be curious to know the actual rough numbers because if you're that far away so there's like it depends really what type of radiation is being released because some doesn't travel very far but they could have experienced a really high localized dose of something all the different types of radiation and then you know it may have just been to somebody 100 yards away it may have just been a little uptick like nothing nothing for them to freak out about but when you're standing in the middle of it it's quite high oh yeah I don't know. That'd yeah. be radiation's a very scary thing for everybody. It's just because it doesn't have a taste, doesn't have a smell. Most time, unless you're getting an, an ungodly amount, you don't really notice it. Yeah. So your skin's melting off. I mean, at that point, you have other problems. <laughs> That's so well, really interesting. I'll tell you one of the craziest things is uh, having a team that's sitting around trying to figure out our protocol for the next time we encounter one of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's that meeting? About? That was. So that was so funny because like, we, we we honestly didn't know what to do. We we're like, okay, the guys were like, okay, so who has the best life insurance policy? <laughs> who has the best insurance? Okay, so, who has the best health insurance? I mean, it, it's a, a, a conversation that we to needed to have because yeah. we didn't know. Um, but, yeah, and, and it also involved tying a rope around somebody. Make sure you pull them back. In. So we just I did. Mean, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, this is uncharted territory 100%. that we're in, you know, so. So we just did the Bermuda Triangle uh, for our season finale, our season three finale. Uh, we did like, I don't even know, probably seven hours on it. Technically, as of me and you talking, me and you, Jay, talking about this, it's not finished yet. But by the time this episode comes out, it'll all be out. Right, it should all be done. Time travel, all that fun stuff with podcasting. Uh, but anyways, there was planes. Like, we just did the disappearances of the planes, there are two really weird ones. Is the one was coming into land, the radio tower had it two miles from the runway, landing, disappeared without a trace. No wreck. What? Nothing. They, the the community, like uh, the tower was co- talking to them as they disappeared. And then the other one 
was a lady that was circling above the on the Tusk Island. She was circling above in her plane, radio into the tower. The tower could hear her, but she couldn't hear the tower. And she was talking, and this is famous. You can look this up. This is all documented. Uh, she was talking like, hey, I don't, like, I must have made a wrong turn. This is where the island's supposed to be. I don't see the island. I don't see the runway. I don't see the houses. I don't see the lights. I don't know where I am. Oh, God, like, this wow. is it. This is it. And then a cloud came over her plane, and when the cloud moved, she disappeared. They are gone. <gasps> Hundreds of people watched her plane and her disappear. Her name was Harley. Like, it's it, portals. Yes, and I really think it's uh, a big chunk of it is that I do think these things, whether they may be like Venus flytraps, they can be kind of slow to close, but when they close, you you ain't getting out of them. Yeah. And then, Unless well, you have a rope tied to you. We talked about there's all kinds of radiation spikes on the planet, and have you ever done any research into elect or, uh, sorry, uh, gravitational anomalies? I have not personally. No. You should talk to your team about it because we did some research yeah. for a friend on gravitational anomalies, and there's a couple of like pretty much imagine there's one every square mile, like that's common on the on the Earth. Uh, there's some of these areas though. So there was one that we did this work with this other buddy. In 20 square miles, there was 30,000 of them which is unheard what? of and they were having wow. stuff get moved and all kinds of stuff and i don't think those are the cause i think those are an extra symptom of something else so i wonder that may be something to do in your guys's research areas is just see if there's a big congregation of those uh, or of those uh gravitational anomalies cuz i'm i'll start paying attention to that cuz i don't know and there's I do know that we have anywhere. big veins of quartz everywhere we go. And that's and another like thing. That. The three biggest UFO hotspots are on the th on the U.S. are on the three biggest quartz deposits. And quartz is really good mm -hmm. at storing all kinds of energy and right, yeah. actually data. Yeah. We mm -hmm. use quartz in a lot of computer chips. Man. Yeah. Watches. I would just yeah. I would bring an excavator to that meadow and just start digging up <laughs> and just see what's under there. Oh, Very well, you know, I, I believe there's an underground facility there. I think that a lot yep. of the spots that we research have underground facilities. Mm. I'm, I'm, and, and I say that because I'm a remote viewer. And when I'm uh, tasked with targets, I do blind targets. And when I'm tasked with a target, um, I, I pick up on everything in that environment or whatever the target was. I hone in on that. But a lot of times I'll be looking at like a dogman attack or something and there'll be an underground facility right there. Wow. So um, do you think... Because we agree with you. There's a lot of these underground facilities in these military or whatever facilities. They may not. Sorry, they shut us down for a second. They may not be actual military or whatever. Whoever is pulling all these strings to build these things. I believe them that, that they're real. Do you think that they are built on top of existing anomalies? Or do you think the anomalies are being caused by them? Both. Okay. Mm. I think I think we agree with you. Well, at least I agree. Yeah, I think so too. So we talked about there's uh, an Indiana site that has a Navy base in the middle of Indiana that has everything from Lizardman to Bigfoot to Dogman to all the UFOs, all the stuff around the fence line, like mm -hmm. then, in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. And then the Navy base in Idaho. And then that's we're not supposed to talk about that on air. Oh, whoops. the Navy base in Idaho. We'll talk about it off air. No, it's that's not okay. okay. <laughs> we're not supposed to talk about that one. Yeah. Okay. Because people disappear Just talking kidding. about that one. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, well, there's a lot of anomalous stuff, and there's a lot of sightings of Bigfoot around military bases uh, and oh, Dogman. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The Michigan, like, there was that one that was, I can't remember what military base it was in Michigan, but it was seen for, like, four months, like, every night on the on the security cameras. 
this oh, dogman really? just pacing the fence. Hmm. I don't know if I would. I, I do have a question though. Now, were you taught to remote view ask, by this yeah. group, or is this something like? I don't know. I guess maybe you had you already knew you had the ability to do before. Is it something they unlocked or helped you unlock? How does that work? Yeah, no, I I knew that I had psychic abilities, you know, uh, I just didn't know how psychic I was, I guess, um, until I was taught remote viewing. Now, everyone is psychic. Mm -hmm. We, we mm -hmm. have just we have things like our cell phones. You know, this is a telephone is just the generic version of telepathy. That's why it's a telephone. Okay. okay. Um, and so we're able just to pick up that little device and call anybody we want at any time. Okay. Well, back before they had phones, I think people really honed in with their telepathy a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get that feeling like somebody's thinking about you. Yes. How many times you get that? And then the phone rings and it's that person. Right. Exactly. You know? 100%. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So the, the head of my team, he, he's, he was like, you know, I want to, I'll, I'll teach you guys remote viewing. Uh, it's going to be a, a long process. And, uh, if you're ready to do it, if y'all want to do it, it's your choice. We'll do it. And we we're all like, yeah. So as a whole team, we, we spent months and months, years actually learning remote viewing, spending weekends at a time together. Um, it, you know, out in the middle of nowhere where there's no Wi-Fi, no phones, no internet, no nothing, uh, out in the middle of, like I said, nowhere. Um, so anyways, yeah, we learned about being, it was something that anybody can learn. Okay. And it's, um, first of all, I think it's important for people to start recognizing that we all have like enhanced human capabilities. And I think it's a great thing to like start learning how to uh, build up your psychic muscles and stuff and just be aware of your surroundings and environment. I mean, because especially this time that we're living in right now, we're living in crazy times. Yes. I mean, our, our phones could be wiped out with like an EMP attack and, or I think that's what that's called. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, any kind of uh, technology, like, I mean, imagine if people could not get access to their internet on their cell phone. For 24 I mean, imagine, hours, the world would burn. Oh my gosh, it's going to be wild. Well, um, I think George Carlin said, like, if you shut off electricity in a month, we'd be back in the Stone Age. People would be, you know, killing each other and it would just be all the way back. We'd be reset. Just have a, a gun and buy quail. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We, we breed quail because they reproduce so incredibly. They're like little rabbits. Oh, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. That's really good. <laughs> we'll to send know. you some. Yeah. Yeah, send me some. Give me a carrier pigeon or something too while you're at it. <laughs> know, send me some messages. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, we, it's something that you can learn. Okay. And anybody can do it. Even people who don't think that they have psychic abilities can remote view. Okay. okay? Cause ask my team, they'll tell you, those guys will be like, I'm not psychic at all. And then they're hitting targets left and right. Okay. Hmm. Um, and that's what we call them. We call them targets. And, uh, yeah, like I said, anybody can do it. I don't like teach remote viewing. I've been doing it for a long time and I love it. Um, it was honestly, not anything that I ever plan to talk about publicly um, because we, we utilize remote viewing. Like sometimes I would get a target, like all I get is a set of numbers. They're called coordinates and it's a set, two sets of four numbers, like one, two, three, four, two, three, nine, two. Okay. okay. And that's all I get. And if, if it says high priority target, I know I need to sit and stop whatever I'm doing and sit down with my pen and my paper and I write out my charts and I write those numbers down on my paper and all this information floods out of the matrix basically. And, uh, and I start writing everything down and there's a process. I mean, it's taken me a long time to learn it, but there's a process and, um, 
I can hone in on targets and get information. A lot of times it's missing people. Wow. Okay. So we're, we're, we utilize it for cold cases. Like if law enforcement has a case that is about to go cold, um, you know, we, we can help locate like what happened to those people. Um, even do what we call deep mind probes. If we detect a, a person in the environment, I can ask like where they are, who they are, what happened. And they'll tell me. Wow. Um, do they so, know they're telling you or is it kind of this like second nature? Do what now? I'm sorry. sorry. My earbuds kind of poked no, out. Do oh. they know that they're telling you when you're asking those kind of things or is it kind of like second oh, yeah. nature for their brain? It's, I'm having, I'm having a straight up conversation with somebody like okay. for instance, for instance, uh, back, I'm going to say about four or five years ago, there was a pretty well-known case of a, um, a guy here in Georgia who went missing. He was a military veteran and mm -hmm. he went missing and he had been, the last known place he was seen was at work. He worked at the local quick trip or racetrack gas station. And, uh, and he and his wife had gotten in an argument. And so he was going to go stay at his buddy's house who worked with him at that gas station and went home with this guy. Um, the, that was the last time anybody saw him. And the friend said that he woke up the next morning and he left and went home. Okay. That, he didn't know where he went. He just said that he woke up and the guy was gone. Um, well, days go by, nobody hears from this guy. They don't know where he is. Uh, he goes missing without a trace. Okay. Well, people were suspecting that it was his wife and her family or somebody had done something to him. Uh, it, the case was about to go cold, right? Cause they never did find this guy and they were trying to figure out like what, what happened to him. And let's just say like Nancy Grace, y'all know she had that, that crime story right. show, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I know the one, her partner with that. Okay. Um, and so he contacted me and he said, Hey, Jess, we've got this case. Can you look into this remote viewing you and your team or whoever look into a cold case? And, uh, and I didn't get any details on or whatever. Um, we were able to go in. I remote viewed the incident, whatever the last night that he was alive, uh, was my target basically. And, uh, I okay, so I told, I, I got all this information. I just saw like a, a two guys that were, I felt like I was high and drunk when I was remote viewing this, okay? Cause you're like, they're in the environment when you're remote viewing sometimes. Uh, I could, there, there was partying, there was drinking, there was smoking, uh, there was there was fighting. And uh, somebody got, uh, let's just say they got hurt, okay? And, uh, and, I honed in on a person and I said, Hey, where are you? And I saw this guy and his face was covered in mud. All I could see were his eyes. And uh, he said, he kept telling me I'm locked up and I can't get out. I'm locked up. I'm down here is what he kept telling me. And I could just see it in his, it was his eyes. It, it was, it's, it sucks thinking about it. Um, sorry. No, it's okay. So he, um, he told me he was locked up. And I mean, this stuff does affect us right. as remote viewers. Okay. So if people wonder why, like, I'm not always like finding missing people, it's because it affects me. Even yeah. this was years ago, y'all. Right. <laughs> okay. And it still affects me. But, um, <clears throat> so the, 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 the show, you know, they were like, uh, okay. So what was the data? I said, well, his, his friend, his teammate, I, I was picking up on his teammate. He and his teammate got in a fight and his teammate hurt him and he's buried somewhere. 
Okay. He's buried uh, his teammate. I kept picking up the word teammate, teammate. Uh, I said, uh, you guys need to go check into his friend that he was with that night because I believe that they got drunk and high and they got in a fight. And, uh, and there was, I think it was accidental, but the guy died and he's buried. Okay. And, uh, and I just said that. And then I just kind of left it alone. Cause I was like, well, that's, you know, I, I hope they find this guy, you know? Uh, well, I was told, no, they had already investigated that guy and he was clean and he didn't do anything. They're like, we've already interviewed him. We, we think he's not, he's not guilty. And I was like, well, I'm just saying this material. That's what my data is. My data is, you know, maybe it was, maybe I was just totally off target. I don't know. But guess what? They, about a, a month after that, uh, the news reports were all over the place. Like the news crews, that guy had, and I'd seen that somebody had run off and it was, uh, took off and went on the run. So they thought that they interpreted my data like, oh, well, the guy ran off, was a runaway. Um, well, it turns out that guy who he was with, he actually ended up selling his house out of the blue, just kind of sold it and went on the run. Okay. He, he, he disappeared. Well, the new people that bought his house went in to go do a porch renovation in their backyard on their back deck. And they went digging and there was concrete poured mm -hmm. where it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So they had to get somebody to come in and break up that concrete. And guess what was underneath that concrete? Yeah. His it body. was the guy yeah. buried in the dirt Yeah, underneath the house. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> I, I believe that guy's in jail right now. Wow. Uh, for, yeah, for that. That's great. So I was, I was right. Just saying. So remote viewing can help. Yeah, locate yeah. people, and 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 it's not like I I was not you know I'm not looking for recognition for any of that or whatever. It was, but I but I got to say like they were saying no, we that guy already checked out, and I was like no, my data says otherwise. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a cool thing to be able to do, y'all, I mean, uh, especially when you're doing paranormal research and you can go and you can remote view a location before you get there and find out what's there. So you're the first uh, remote viewer I think we've ever had in the show, maybe. Uh, that I can remember. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I've been electrocuted like 300 times in my life. We've done a lot. Of not the best. Oh my gosh! We don't drink a lot of moonshine. We've never yeah, had anyone too. explain their experience. That's for sure. That's the yeah. So I, I've heard stories. I've never talked to anybody though. I've heard stories of people saying that they've remote viewed like these secret bases, but then there would be somebody able to see them in that state. Have you ever had any kind of thing like that? Yes, we've actually had people uh, kind of spying on us before. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. That's. I think I've seen myself remote viewing myself. I'm not gonna lie. I think I have. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah, it's weird. It is really weird. Yeah, I mean, another thing which is really interesting out at the meadow, one of the, not one of the last times I was there, it was a couple years ago. I was hiking into the meadow and I was with two people and as I was walking to the meadow passing like a water source there was like white noise I could hear the white noise and I heard over the white noise I heard a woman's voice and she she yelled out time travel huh. really loud and the two people with me didn't hear it and I was like, did you guys just hear that? They're like, no. And I was like, okay, well, I, I definitely heard a woman's voice say time travel. And see, I'm really big into like the whole time travel thing right now and the time manipulation, time edits, um, all that stuff. I know you guys have been talking about it too. Yeah. But uh, but that's kind of my thing right now um, is time travel. And uh, do you think that was yourself? And so 
it was me. Yes. That was my voice. Yeah. And I didn't realize it that night. It took me a while to realize that was me. Well, yeah. That's that's amazing. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it, it is. is. Very it wild. is. It's very wild. Um, now, was that me remote viewing myself and doing a deep mind probe on me? Maybe. Yeah. Or do I get access to some time traveling devices in the future and I have to go back and scare myself? Yeah, you're like you know? the doc I mean, from uh, I was gonna say, Back please, to the Future. Please tell me what right. color dinosaurs were if you do get that ability. <laughs> That's my only question. I just want to know. Uh, of all the mysteries of the past. I'm just fine. What color were dinosaurs? I'm a, I'm a content man. <laughs> I know, right? I just did they have know. feathers and all that stuff, right? R right, yeah. I just want to know. <laughs> Pink but, and purple. Next, see, like Barney. I've said that. That they could have been. Be. They could be glittery. Their eyes could have been completely different. <laughs> like we talk about, we just talked about a couple weeks ago why uh, tigers can be blue and they can be orange and they look like they're the same color to most uh, most herbivores because they don't have those or eye like they they don't have the cones in their eyes for those colors so they all look green. Orange and blue yeah. looks green to the, the herbivores. So it's interesting that wow. you could be purple and pink. And be covered in glitter, and to, as long as your prey items don't have the color receptors for those colors, you're still invisible. Right, exactly. But no, that's time travel, time slip. So that's we just like we've covered some of the time slip stuff. I don't know what I I think about full time travel. Like the astral field's a little different because there's nothing, I guess, physical traveling. If that makes sense, I don't know if that's fully how mm -hmm. a good way to word yeah. that. Like, there's not. It wasn't your body coming back. It was m your mind coming back to tell you. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have I no guess, idea what that I was. I don't know what the rules are. Yeah. Don't knows? know what the rules are. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I really don't. Um, I mean, we deal with so many things like portals and um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's really baffling. I've never like remote viewed what that was because I'd be remote viewing myself. What if I'd remote viewed me that night and then that was me doing a deep mind probe? And like I said, I mean, I think it was me. I, I know it was me. It was you definitely get my stuck voice. in the loop like and, Inception. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, but the odd, the weirdest thing is that the other people didn't hear it. Right. I mean, right. Exactly. Know, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just did an interview with my buddy, uh, Tony Rodriguez. Uh, he's, he was with the secret space program. He was kidnapped as a kid. And, uh, and so, and he was put into, uh, programs like on the moon and stuff. Uh, he was basically used as a slave labor, um, all over the universe actually. So it's really interesting. You know, I met him in person, uh, at a conference that he and I were both speaking at and he had this graphic on the screen and it was like his life chart, like his timeline. You know, most people like we have a line is here and it starts, it starts here and then it moves up, right? Like throughout your years, like you go from being born all the way to when you die. Well, his is like here and then it goes up and then over and then it goes back like a triangle. And then it goes, you know, like he spent 20 years gone and then, he woke up one morning. He was a kid again. Hmm. I, you know, I, I think I've heard his story. I can't hmm. remember where, but I can't. I think I've heard that to where, yeah, they get reset. Like that, like there was no time missing. Yeah, but there was. You know, they spent all these. That's insane. And he recalled his wow. whole experience. Those twenty years, he could recall it. He could recall it. Yeah, that's he could. It, not right off the bat, though. Because no. I think most people um, get it buried. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. But insane. see, things start triggering people that, that have memory losses or they, they have these experiences. Certain things will trigger them to for their memories to come back. Yeah. That's, yeah. Pretty, that's pretty amazing. 
just imagine who's walking around you at all times that could mm. could have been a slave on the moon, you know, for 20 years. I know, right? I got to get a plasma gun now. Yeah. yeah. All these people spying on me. <laughs> you're going to have astral projecting. I'm already a paranoid man. You're going to have that all outside <laughs> the house coated in tinfoil. It's like a home. Well, was, I mean, ghosts watch you all the time too, right? Not so. in this house. Ghost. <laughs> no. There's, There's a lot of, even some things they I don't want to see. Kidding. There's a lot of prayer symbols and like our prayer sigils on the, the doors and windows in this house. <laughs> Now I gotta get a plasma cannon. Right. Yeah. Exactly. A little hydron collider to scare him away. <laughs> I'm sure that'll work. No, that's a hydron collider. <laughs> now, have you ever done anything around those when you projected? Uh no, I have not. I have never remote viewed a hydron collider. But uh, actually, um, I've been told that there are hydron colliders all over the place. It's 100%. not just CERN. Yeah. Oh no, no, they're everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll they're tell you everywhere. a story here in a minute. But yeah, go on. Yeah. I mean, I've been told that there could potentially be one up in Tennessee, one in Georgia. There's three in Tennessee. Around a major city. Oh, really? Yeah, I think there's three in Illinois. How many are in the U.S.? Remember, we looked it up. It's yeah, like, I figured you might. It was like 68 or something like that. Okay. I knew you're, you're good there's more. Numbers. There's there's more than states. I mm -hmm. remember that. There's, so there's like 68 hydrogen. Most of them are like half a mile to a quarter mile wide. That's the circle. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. To tell you that there are hydron colliders, you don't know there are hydron colliders. So I was, like I said, I was a fishery biologist. Uh, you ever seen anybody do like shock the water to get the fish to do the surveys? That's what uh, I do. Yeah, that, actually, that's what Keith does on my team, or he did. He was, uh, he was into aqua culture or something like that. So I was, yeah. He, he he's a wildlife biologist, and that's similar to what he used to do. Yeah. So I was a fisheries yeah. biologist. I specialized in fish and amphibians. So that's what I did. That he was did the main too. part of my job. Okay. So cool. we did this. So I had a backpack shocker. Like that's what we were going to do. The site. It looks like a Ghostbusters gear because you wear it on your back. It's got a big, long, like, tube in the front, and it's got this big rat tail in the back. So these sites are done every three years, every five years, or every seven years, depending on the site, just to continue to make sure they don't go down and score. So there is this site that was on the back of this lab that uh, – so the previous – like, nobody on my crew has ever done this site because it's a seven-year site. So that means it only gets done once every seven years. So nobody in this crew, like the oldest person there, like long term for the company, was only there for four years. So they'd never been to this site. So what happens is the biologist before you writes out the site description and how to get there. And if there's a key, they tape the key to the file or whatever. So we go down this road that's not a road anymore. It's like all grown over with trees, which isn't odd. We're in a big truck and like we access sites. We get to this big old gate that's all grown over with plants. Like you cannot see it. So we go take the key and we unlock it. The key fits. So we're like, okay, this is the right spot. You know, obviously we have a key that works. So we drive into the middle of this field and over on the other side, we can see this giant oil pipe is what we think it is. Cause we're near an oil refinery. So we think it's an oil pipe, but it's like 12 foot in diameter. So we're like, man, that's got some flow. That's a big oil pipe. Well, they're moving. So like you could drive a truck in it. And we start getting sued up. Like I said, this gear is all weird. We have all these cameras and all these, all these like equipments, like uh, the QHEI sheets and all. Like we have all these weird equipment. Out in this creek is like maybe half a foot wide. Like it's a headwater, so there's probably no fish in it. But we have to test it anyways. Out of nowhere, all these guys show up with ARs, black suits, everything, and we're surrounded and they're screaming at us, like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And we're like, uh, fish survey. And we have all this gear on that these people have no idea what it does. It's got, keep in mind, this oh thing's got God. car batteries and wires and dials. 
that makes no sense to these people. And they're screaming at us, pointing guns at us, and they take all of our licenses, and they have us kind of like pinned, and they take all this, all of our cameras, they take all, of, all that stuff, delete everything, and they keep us there for like an hour, and the guy, the main guy takes all of our licenses and all of our company stuff and goes back. He calls the previous site manager, and it's like I said, this whole thing's like an hour, hour and a half, and we're just standing there with all these guys with guns pointed at us. Those guys are scared of what we are, and we're terrified of them. Uh Wow. So finally they come back. So finally the guy comes back and he's like, previous site manager said, yes, you did have permission, but you no longer have permission. Give us the key. We didn't know that gate was there. Uh, you're not welcome back here. Uh, here's all your stuff back. We've deleted all the photos off your phones and camera and everything like that. Like, yep, we're gone. We won't be back. So we uh, we didn't know what this was. Finally, like a month later, uh, we went back, just drive past it, and it was a hydrogen collider site. We broke into a hydron collider on the back side no. of it. Because Shut the front door. It, we, mm-hmm. we didn't want to be there. And keep in mind, so to those armed guards, they seen a guy, they seen three guys <laughs> in these Ghostbuster gear with batteries and wires standing 100 feet from their hydron collider, saying they were there to test a creek oh that was six inches wide looking for fish. So no wonder they didn't buy anything. And we had all this other equipment. All like all this equipment looks crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. There's a lot more hydron colliders than people believe. And you don't know this is a hydron collider site. Like there's nothing on it that says the hydron collider site. I don't believe it's on Google. Like you can't see the picture of it on Google Earth. But it's wow. there. We're like, man, I just remember being how dumb, like, that's a big oil pipe. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That's a real big oil pipe. Because we'd seen oil pipes. Like we'd bun them, and the most of them, you know, are two foot in diameter, not twelve. It's a big pipe. It's a big pipe. Mm. Man, they move some water. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Now you should you should do that sometime though. I'm interested in what you'd find. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some things that I just don't go poking around in. Oh, and, yeah. uh, Probably for good reason. And there's reasons for that. Um I have a healthy dose of respect and uh I like my freedom. Yeah, I <laughs> enjoy my freedom. You know what I mean? I think um people in this field can end up in holes very easily like mm-hmm. as in actual dirt holes yeah like yeah i don't fully. want to be the one locked up underneath a piece of concrete okay we tell so, everybody we say this all the time not, government yes. secret government whoever you are shout talk, out to all y'all hard-working we, government people yeah. out there if we talk about something you don't want us to talk about just tell us we won't talk about it again just, just know just yeah, pay us just haul. Yeah. hey i have gotten a proverbial knock at my door once really for some yeah oh, it gosh. was and it was over something that i would have never thought well, actually, I did think. I knew better. I, you're not supposed to remote view the moon. Okay, that's like I've off heard limits. that. Yeah, and uh, and guess what I did? Yeah. Did you the do Apollo it a live 11 show? moon landing? Did huh? you do? Did you do that during a live show? I got a call right before my live show. Okay. Or a, a message. I got messages. It wasn't a call. Okay. Um, and I was told to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> like, watch to watch what I say because there were people. There were people watching me that night. Mm, yeah, so it's fine. I, it Don't was talk it was actually it. a fair warning. I was totally cool with it, but yeah, it, thanks, it made me look kind of silly because I was like, "Oh, I can't really do my show the way I wanted, y'all." <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Somebody warned me gently. Yeah, we're gonna remote view Canada instead. <laughs> yeah, change of plans, everybody. Yeah, we're, gonna... we're just gonna talk about Bigfoot tonight. Remote <laughs> <laughs> view a sunflower field. Right. Exactly. Oh. No, we still talked about it. You know what I did? I actually, instead of like talking about my data, I just talked about 
in general, like the anomalies around that, around the whole moon landing and like with Buzz Aldrin with his, you know, Illuminati eye, yeah. <laughs> this little picture with that. And so it was just, we, we just talked about that and, and people in the audience got mad. They were upset, but I, but you could see I was, I mean, if you go back and watch that video, I am sweating. Like I have <laughs> beads of sweat dripping down my face yeah. the entire show. Wait, and my two co-hosts were like, oh, yeah, well, they knew. Like, I mean, I had to call them immediately because I was like, oh, I've really screwed up this time. <laughs> <laughs> I messed up, guys. Uh, I messed up. So, <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, Jessica, we're at an hour and a half. Oh, already? <laughs> yeah, I know. It blew by. I didn't even realize it until I just looked at it. Uh, is there anything else you want to get in here before we kind of start wrapping it up? No, I actually, okay, so I did want to mention this one yes. thing, because you guys have just done a show about lumberjack stories yes, and stuff, yeah. and I had uh, been tasked to target, it turned out to be Paul Bunyan, or the char- the person based off the char- character of Paul Bunyan, yeah. and uh, and I picked up on a, a Neanderthals-type Sasquatch, okay? Really? There is, there's actually a picture of him, if you go look, I'll send you the link to my show, okay, that Please I did do. on that. There's a picture in the, I don't know which state it was, maybe Wisconsin mm-hmm. a Historical Society. I think it's, I don't know. I, I have to look it up. Um, they have a drawing of the person, in air quotes, uh, that that character was based off of, who was a, a famous lumberjack, but he was just really gigantic and huge. And um, my data suggested that, that person, whoever's in that picture there, that drawing, that was a type four Sasquatch. Wow. Wow. What do you mean type four? Remember, we did the types. I can't remember. Four is a Neanderthal looking like a caveman looking hairy man. Okay. We did that like a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's been a while ago. It was a while ago. We covered the types. It's just like, remember, there's the seven types of dog man. Right. Like the nine types of Bigfoot. There's like four types of Bigfoots, basically. Okay. Yeah. The cone heads, the, you know, the skunk apes. I was just, you know, for anyone that's listening (laughs) to this episode that didn't listen to that one all the way, way back when, many, many moons ago. Many moons ago. But no, that's awesome. We'll have to yeah, send that link and I'll attach that link into the show notes. There you guys go. I think yeah. we'll definitely have to do a follow up episode with oh, you. Oh, we'll two. have you back on. We'd love to. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I would love that. Y'all are fun to talk to. Thank you. Talk with. Yeah. I feel like fun. we just barely touched on stuff. I mean, we definitely got into we some did. awesome stuff, but I feel like there's just so much more. But will you? Pl- oh, oh, wait. There's more. There's definitely more. Uh, will you please tell everybody like where your stuff is not once again i'll include all the links below for everybody but you guys have amazing stuff you do so please tell everybody where to find you and all your stuff thank you well the easiest place to find me is my website that's the cryptid and all of my shows are there um i do have a youtube channel that's the cryptid huntress on youtube i'd love for y'all um to subscribe there you and go. uh and watch all my videos i have uh two live shows a week there uh Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 Central, and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Uh, I do that remote viewing show is every Thursday, by the way, uh, that I do, and that's a really cool show. Um, I'm also at Spaced Out Radio. I'm a weekend host over there. I have a show called Off the Trails on Spaced Out Radio. You can find that on YouTube, actually, um, and all over social media. That is, uh, it's like a cryptid show. It's live every Saturday and Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Uh, so that's basically where you can find me all the time. I'm always online. I'm that's so awesome. Awesome, no, yeah. You got to be in this field pretty so yeah, much. If you're listening, give her give her a YouTube channel, subscribe, and give her some hours you viewed, you know. But she, if you like the stuff that we provide, this is the more paranormal side of it, definitely go give her a follow and listen and mm-hmm. check her stuff out. 100%. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm on podcast too, y'all. So you can find me like on Spotify and all that stuff. I put all my shows on podcast format too. Oh, awesome. Now we have a tradition that we like to end the show on. Uh, basically on the count of three, we'll all scream by into the microphones and the outro will play. If you're good with that, okay. we'll do it. Absolutely. All right. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there's always extra content on Patreon slash com. And don't forget, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.